0: Player and DM tip. Remember that in a round we use action economy to help define what can happen in the span of six seconds. We encourage you to think outside the box and treat these closer to guidelines than actual rules. If you are a player and you want to do something you think is cool and it will fit into the span of six seconds, pitch it to your DM. DMs. Listen and weigh the rule of cool here and make a decision that leads to the most fun. Welcome. I'm Justin, and you're listening to Dungeon Chat, our very own Into the Dungeon bi-weekly podcast where we discuss the most recent live stream, interview our players and DMs, and discuss tabletop RPG news. In this episode, we are joined by Creed and Kyle. Kyle Kyle is a player in our main game and a fantastic artist. I will make sure to share the links to his works in the show notes. Creed joins us again. He joined me in our very first episode of Dungeon Chat and is the dungeon master that guided both Kyle and I through our first complete campaign. Both of you say hi at the exact same time on three. Three, two. Hi. (laughs) Howdy. I just finished my annual rewatch of The Office, and that's a really stupid joke that's in one of the later episodes where they're trying to take a picture together, <laughs> and they've already messed it up like three times. But then he switches it to do it on three, and then he starts with three, and just it always it, it cracked me up, and I was like, I'm gonna use that here. That was great. That was well done. <laughs> All right. Well, I think our, you have the announcements today, yes? I do. I do have the
1: announcements today. Um, oh, hold on. Our next game is a one-shot, and we'll be playing on December 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be running the micro RPG system known as I Roll for Shoes. It's pretty great system where each player starts with one skill called simply do anything. Episode four of Dungeon Chat will be live on the 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and up on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts on the 11th. We will be taking a two week break after that for the holidays so that we can work on the new set and we'll be back on the 29th with the with a New Year's themed one shot. The main game will return January 12th.
0: It's a lot of announcements. It's, it's four. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like we've gotten so busy playing D&D, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> it just, I don't me know. as well. I just Me if, as well. If we can play as much as possible, that to me seems like a good time. Well, if I can teach
1: anywhere near you guys, I could probably easily <laughs> host a game a week if it's like just like a three-hour game like on Friday nights or something.
0: I like it. I like it. I really want to do it. Get back up here. I'm I'm trying. <laughs> no avail at the moment. Gotcha. So let's dive into talking a little bit about our uh, the last game. So Azkazir uh, game three was last Sunday. Uh, that stream is up on uh, Twitch TV. It's also up on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Into the Dungeon and any of those sources. Uh, and in the last episode, uh, Tack. Uh, the character played by Creed, opened our game by shopping for gifts for all the other characters. What motivated Tack to want to do that, and what gifts did you end up getting for everybody? Oh, I have to go get that list of
1: the gifts, but um, I know Ashley kind of hit on it a little bit, Um she, she kind of got some ideas as to why things went as far as like tax background. Um, but when it comes to the gifts specifically, um, kobolds, they are kind of tribal and they typically work for dragons and they're typically getting trinkets and things for their tribe, for their, you know, their master or whatever. And, um, well, tr- as far as we know, Tack wasn't with anybody. And, um, she was now suddenly with this new group and, Went out and got them little trinkets and things and uh, gave it to them as a way of uh, showing that she's like, hey, I welcome you to 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 me or my group or whatever group I have right now. And um, one person returned a gift immediately. And nobody got tack a gift, so that's going to come into play later, so I'm
0: excited to see that. Did I miss something? Who returned the gift? Like they wouldn't accept foreign, the gift. For, for, for,
1: foreign Treehern, uh tried to return the gift initially.
0: Oh, I do. Oh, God, things go by so quickly at the table. I do
1: remember that. And the DM position just misses a lot. <laughs> little inter. Yeah. But yeah, that that was something that happened. So um, yeah, well, I that's even missed part, it.
0: part of the reason why Tack wasn't. Riding around on foreign anymore? Oh, got oh, that's right. Because in episode one, you were—I was uh, riding around on yeah. foreign. Yeah, you were. You you disguised self to look like a hat, if I remember. Yep, correctly. yep. Correctly. Okay, okay. And he rejected the gift. So was it really? Was it was it an authentic gift or was it like tribute? Uh, both in a way. I mean, I, gotcha. Because to... the gifts were like, geared like a Matter of acceptance. Each...
1: Yeah, it's a matter of acceptance, and the gifts were kind of. Geared towards each character in a way. Um, so it, I, it's, it is a matter of acceptance.
0: I, I know you said you'd have to probably grab your notes, but do you remember any of the gifts offhand? I know Salvador got some lotion for snakeskin. Not snake oil
1: or snake lotion, but <laughs> lotion designed for his snaky skin. Mm, um, okay. We'll get into that a little bit let's later. See. <laughs> Sandro got. I'm trying to remember, pulling up my notes as I'm remembering. Sandro got a beard oil.
0: Mm -hmm. For his mustache.
1: Yep. Denim got a bow tie. Hephaestia got leaf earrings, which she then used later in the game by putting it on her arrow. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. Hakate got knitted horn cozies with pom-poms on the end. Yes. (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. (laughs) I remember that one. Which one. character am I
1: missing? Um, I'm Salvador... Yeah. Oh, and um, Foreign uh, got a Rig- comb. Yeah,
0: that's right. The comb, that And, that, and, and it, that one, I believe, was a scented comb. Uh, I didn't have enough for the magical item. Um, yeah, but it was sprayed it with perfume. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. So yeah, it was
1: scented. It good. Temporarily. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because he collects things that smell good. And he returned it, so... Doubly awful. I hope he listens to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay. I love it. Kyle. I'm going to try and get this right on the first saying, but it's a bit of a tongue twister for me, and I always mess it up.
2: That's you right. are
0: a sellsword who sells swords. Sellsword who sells swords. I got it right. You're a sellsword who sells swords and also a snake. Uh, Yuan Yuan pure pureblood, uh, which is what uh, Creed was just referring to with your snake oil or your snake skin oil. Uh snake and you're from Jakir. Lotion for snake skin. Oh, lotion for snake skin. Like <laughs> Jergens? Like, <laughs> like 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 Jergens, like it's moisturizing. Jergens for your snake. Ah, got it. They should introduce that line. You can have that Jergens. You can have that one <laughs> from us for your too. Snake. <laughs> Um so oh no. Uh, Kyle, this is your first time on the show. Introduce us to your character. What can you tell us about him? Uh, What are you excited to do with him? What challenges do you expect to encounter as a Yuan-Ti outside of the tropical wilds of Jakir, which is, of course, your homeland? Right. So, Jakir itself um, is home to many different kinds of
2: um, different species and such, and one such is Yuan-Ti purebloods. and they really don't substantially go much far out of J- Jakir. Um, so Salvador, Salvador is, um, kind of, um, a little bit odd in having going out of Jakir and going out to, you know, cities and towns, um, further away from it. Uh, Salvador himself is a part of a guild known as Caveras, which is a, um, both a, guild that sells um, things like all sorts of weapons and trade and swords, but they also do um, kind of mercantile work. So body um, guards or mercenaries, so on and so forth. So they do a little bit of both. And Salvador is one of the few members that are kind of pushing
0: outside of Jakir itself to try and expand that influence. Gotcha. So does the Kevaros guild not have much of a foothold outside of Jakir? Uh, not as much, but mm, again, gotcha. it is something
2: that's kind of starting to expand, mm. and uh, obviously I presume other guilds might not care for that too much.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> now, a- as a Yuan-Ti, what is... um? What, what, what type of snake did you stylize, style yourself after? Uh, Salvador is kind of a mix of like a cobra and
2: a coral snake. Gotcha. So he's got the yellow uh, and red and black uh, lines, but he still has the cobra hood. Gotcha. And I your- like that
1: you're sticking with the alliteration. You're a sellsword who sells sword and is also a snake. That's a cobra coral snake.
0: <laughs> A king cobra coral snake. King
2: cobra coral. It's the
0: S S S S C C S. Yeah, that's the short way to put it. <laughs> K-C-C-S, oh, actually. Like it. Okay, okay. Now, this is, to my knowledge, uh, Kyle... Um, your are the the, the the second character i've seen from you that is not tr- like like the very humanoid in nature i mean i know you want are uh definitely considered humanoid but i don't know that i've ever seen you play like just human or just elf i've seen you play a kinku, which is just raven and i've seen you play a snake now are do you feel like you're drawn more to these animal races than you are other races
2: Uh, I think it's a little bit more interesting to play, like, not just a human. If you're in, like, a big fantasy world, then why would I want to play a human? I want to play something that's different, or at the very least, like, aesthetically different. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the case of both um, the last campaign's Kenku, which was Kerchak, who um, uh, and now uh, Yuan-Ti, they also have different kind of dynamics in the, like, social aspect. Hmm. So that can lead to different mixes um, in terms of how you interact with NPCs. And that's just an interesting extra little twist that adds onto it, aside from just being a normal
0: human. Gotcha. Okay. Very, very cool. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Creed. Yes. Um, All right. Welcome back to being a, a kind of a guest host on Dungeon mm-hmm. Chat. I, I'm always so happy when you can make it. Uh, do me you too. think you'll be able to return often to these If since we're doing them remotely?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is actually easier to meet than the actual game. So, yeah, I can yeah, be I here. imagine. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, I got a couple questions for you. Um, Let's see. Justin. Oh, no, not How? me. I'm not here. Bye. Yeah. No, I got a question for you. How does it feel to experience the player? Co- You've experienced the player committee from as a from a player's perspective. Um, how how do you feel? Of, how does it make you feel now that you're in the DM seat? Like do you, do you think it's cooler? Like that you know? You, do, you, do you hear the ideas they put forward and go, oh, they got that right, or oh, they got this wrong, or that's going to be interesting to find out what happens now that you know all the cards as a DM? How how how, how does it feel to you?
0: Well, um, the easy part of that question to answer is the: How does it feel when I hear them like getting stuff right and throwing, you know, like legitimately good options or bad options or interesting options onto the table? I love all that. I, I, I my players, and I think all players, um, this is probably true of all or most players, that will will forever and always surprise their dungeon master, uh, mm-hmm. both in just sheer amount of. Ability to overcome an issue and also just creative thinking. Creed, you Dungeon Master very differently than I do um, mm-hmm. in, in that I have much more detailed notes going into a situation or into an encounter. And well, I any liked... notes. You, you have notes at all is more <laughs> notes than me. <laughs> um, and I like to think that I have got lots of contingencies for different things and it's i i don't like script it or anything but i just have you know an outline for what is my thought process going to be if they do this or what is my thought process going to be if they do this and then it's mostly improvisation for that i just don't like to be caught on the back foot um Mm -hmm. because i'm not the greatest improvist so i try to to mitigate some of that So in spite of all that, I'm still caught on the back foot all the time, (laughs) and I (laughs) love it and I hate it at the same time. I think it's just one of those things where I just, I know there's not a whole lot I can do about it, so I just do my best to mitigate it and hope for the best. Good, good. Um, Now, go go on. I thought that was another part to your question. I'm trying to... uh, No, that, that answered the whole thing. Got it. Cool. Answered the whole thing. Um so that
1: last encounter that last combat of that last session we had um you you had you kept having waves of enemies come in um how many waves did you originally plan? did you add any extras did you go okay they're winning i need to throw in another one so let's use another contingency to make it keep continue to make this stronger and there's something that i do when i dm is when i I kind of keep an eye on the clock and if we're in the middle of combat i'll I'll not do something that I know will extend the game, or I'll try and wrap it up somehow. Did you have to do anything like that from your original plan of how that fight should have gone?
0: No. Um, So I don't... I I like to be as authentic as possible um, with an experience that is planned. Uh, That particular encounter was very much meant to feel like... Well, there's a whole monologue, a villain monologue I think you guys are going to completely miss out on, uh, which is fine. Totally fine, because that was one of the contingencies I planned for was, what did they come out on top of this? But his Retsk, the leader of the Blades, intention with this was to prove a point and to kind of set the tone of what it means to be under the thumb of uh, an organization of bandits like this when so much of the military and guard presence has been sent to a war front, um, Mm -hmm. which is very much the climate of that area. Now, all of that is fine and dandy, and trust and believe, there was a whole part of me that was really hoping y'all would just wake up and leave town to go hunt for the other things y'all needed because when y'all came back, it would have been a very different town, but Mm y'all stayed. And because y'all stay, y'all are the heroes of this story. And D&D 5th edition makes it really easy, even at second level, to be heroic. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what you all did. So I had a wave planned to come from the north, which was the stampeding horses. I had Mm -hmm. the ambush archers on the roof. I had a group planned to come from the south, and I had a group planned to come from the uh, from the from the horizon line, the market district, and I had a group that was in there with Retsk in the building that he was in. Um, I didn't add any more or subtract any. Um, I will say the only thing I did do that was a failure on my part, and it's just it's it's so difficult when you have that that combat had. Uh, Allies with Hilda and Tristan. It had civilians being, you know, casualties of the situation. Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, it had the enemies. And there were three captains in that fight, plus Retz, who was not technically a captain, but there were three captains. And y'all have met a captain before. Right. And that actually segues
1: into my next question. At any point, running all these civilians, allies, enemies. Um, the captains like did at any point was there like a point where you're like, man, I'm kind of am I forgetting things? Yes. I'm losing
0: track. Yes, I, I, like, I forgot, I, like, being I forgot the same thing constantly, which was if you remember from the fight with those captain with the captain in the last episode, the captain was supposed to have an action was supposed to have villain actions. And mm-hmm. there was so much going on that I kept forgetting the villain actions. Uh, and mm. that would have made that fight far more difficult. I feel like I feel like you remembered them though. There, At least from
1: my experience, from from my point of view, there, I, like... I,
0: I used them twice. There was the the one that I blew on trying, bear. yeah, trying to wrangle up the bear. And there was the one where we took where they took uh, Hikate captive. That's oh, right. Uh, but those were the only two I remembered. Otherwise, they should have been doing it like every turn almost. Hmm. I think I also remember
2: one time when one of the captains who had come in on the horse charge uh, got oh, killed yes. like really early on, yep. and then you went, "Wait a second, that character enemy should have had more health than they did." And
0: oh, that's ride. right. Yeah, is yeah. Hard. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. One, is hard. One, one of the captains got mistaken for a bandit on my part, and I pulled him off the board. Mm-hmm. which we could have retcon, but it didn't make sense, too. And I'm not going to hey, backtrack to do it. That was a
1: great encounter. And now that we're done making Justin feel
0: awful, Kyle,
1: No, no I'm kidding. It was a great encounter. You're, you're trying doing to make me feel great.
0: Off. No, <laughs> I, I, feel I, don't, I don't feel awful about it. I, there were, you know, in one of the last campaigns I ran, I had a lot of situations where I felt like I genuinely made really bad mistakes uh, as a DM. And I, I so far haven't felt that way in this one. I, I don't feel bad. I think it was just a really... Busy encounter. It, it really was. was. There was a, <laughs> a lot going on. I think we had, like, at one point, there was two, maybe
1: three separate fights mm-hmm. in that Yeah, in that. pretty like, much. There was there was, there was and Foran going after one captain and his aunt retinue yeah. themselves. There was Salvador and Tack kind of just back-to-back, you know, fighting in the thick of it with Hakate <laughs> and to- I think Denim. And then the third fight, I think, was Salvador by himself, just kind of trying to protect certain people, and then chasing another down until finally at the end when Denim went ran down to go help him. So yeah, I think you were ru- you were basically running three separate combat encounters on the same board. Yeah.
0: It was uh, it was a lot of fun. And I'm really happy. One of the things I did in that fight, and I wasn't really sure how it was going to go over, but I, I had a little bit of foresight and thought it would have been necessary, and I'm glad I did it, which was very um, I thought it was ominous, but very ominously in our group chat, I said, hey, everybody, I need you to roll initiative. <laughs> and then I got a bunch of initiative rolls early because I was literally building a spreadsheet if that encounter took place. All uh, right, but yes, you you said you had thoughts for for Kyle. I'll I'll be ah uh, yes, Kyle. Where you, Salvador? Where, where are you thinking about
1: taking him in terms of play style? Like, are you trying to keep him like someone who's up front and in the in the thick of it? Or are you kind of trying to make him a bit more of like a nimble sort of fighter? Um, what are your thoughts about how you want to play him in terms of combat or or role play? Like, where do, where do you want to take him?
0: Before you dive uh, into that question, Kyle, I don't think it came up in when you introduced it, but what is uh, what is oh, class. Salvador's uh, class? He is a fighter. Ah, he is perfect. a, uh, who is going to be
2: a, a um, dual wielder, dual wielding fighter. Got it. Um, so he's definitely going to be staying kind of on the front lines. The party kind of needs that strong just constant front line presence and that's what I wanted him to be there for and um, so uh, my last character that I played was a rogue and I very much focused on trying to just shoot and scoot, kind of just and then hide. And then what occasionally just you attack of opportunity, like, or a, not attack of opportunity, but take opportunities to attack and then hide, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And with this one, it's a lot more about like, you know, being a fighter and kind of getting in there and doing what you can to hold down multiple opponents is kind of what I want to be able to, you know, do or restrain or um, you know just eliminate enough targets to be in the way so that the other uh, players can do whatever they need to do and uh, I especially you know the in, in that big fight um, Tack uh, did the best thing ever and <laughs> enlarged Salvador so I could Kaiju and that was amazing and great and was very entertaining to be able to just like be able to just grab um uh enemies and just be like no you're you're done go ahead and take a <laughs> nap <laughs> squish <laughs> squish yeah tack tack wants to teach him how to do magic if uh,
1: if that's the way you want to take that character but i don't think that's a uh... A conversation for this podcast.
2: Right, yeah, so that's something I'll (laughs) definitely... I definitely need to look into, like, what the different varieties are available for, like, what I want to do, like, in terms of mechanical combat type stuff. And for um, roleplay, being a sellsword who sells swords, uh, Salvador is obviously going to be continuing, as he has already done, to try and can spread the business of Caveras. And, oh, um, that's right. He's part of a guild, isn't he? I forgot mm-hmm. about that. He's a guild member. He's a guild okay. member. Yeah. Okay. Though, though, uh, kind of funnily enough, the transaction that was done with Tack was done essentially with Soul, just Tack. It technically <laughs> wasn't a guild trade. <laughs> that was just under the table. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you told Tack to do it. She was completely fine with it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. I so I, I do, I would like to do more uh, appropriate. <laughs> In trades <laughs> in the future
0: so that's is something I'm i will really have to do excited at the notion of you expand as the dm watch knowing that you were leaving jakir to expand the Kevaros trade lines and then see you get into a major trade town and immediately start trying to defraud people i was <laughs> really hoping you'd get caught
2: right no that would have been hilarious yeah that's
0: what I was pretty careful about like, not this getting stupid caught stupid yeah she gets caught whatever
2: already illegal in this town it doesn't matter Exactly. got caught eventually anyways I turned her in actually <laughs> <laughs> she was in my backpack yeah exactly um, oh, so uh, yeah I would like Salvador to do uh, more like actual business but what's going to be interesting there is that Since Salvador is a yonti, he might not be as welcome in other cities and major towns. So uh, I'm interested to see um, how he can kind of balance that and if he can be like convince you know.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that since since Justin is running a very very different campaign, um, I'm hoping like it. It sounds like you're trying to do something that you tried to do with Kerchak as far as the role play aspect goes, but weren't really able to do. Kerchak, because we were so not only I was rushed for time as a DM, but we were rushed for like you know the end of the world in that game. Yeah, exactly. It was like but since cause... that's not happening, you'll be able to actually like run your business and do things. I, I'm excited to see how you take that when you know in a way that you weren't really able to in the last game.
2: Last yeah, game. that was definitely something I I wish I would have been able to do, but it just it just it just couldn't happen just with yeah. the way things were going. You know, when you have the big bad. And you know, time is time is press as precious. not you know, it's like okay, uh, you know, we we need to take care of this. This is far more important mm-hmm. versus you know. Uh,
1: I and mean, we also have a lot more rules for it now. I think between Justin's rules, and I think at one point, we'll a little further down the game, we'll probably take a look at like Matt Matt Colville's rules or whatever. But that, that's up to Justin over there. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I me and we've I already discussed very this much. I'm looking at Strongholds and Followers. Uh, a I, just shout out to Matt Colville, who I believe is live right now on Twitch as well, who uh, is just incredible and has great content. But uh, is his new Kickstarter up yet? I believe it has been up, and I think it actually ended. They oh, blew their it. goal out
1: away. Um, you can still get the book if you want it for uh, Kingdoms and Warfare, I believe it's mm. called. Just putting a plug in for him. Oh, um, yeah. He made like over not, a million dollars on the that book. that he needs so. it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fine. But, uh, but no, we, we, I will uh, shamelessly take from him anything that he is willing to pony up as advice because it's always so good. That's where the action-oriented monsters came from uh, that we've seen recently uh, with the bandit captains. And it's where Strongholds and Followers comes from, which we will be introducing in some way. Just not quite there yet.
1: But he's not paying us. He hasn't endorsed us, unfortunately. But when he does. I wish.
0: Man. (laughs) When he does, (laughs) you'll know. (laughs) You know know what, though? It's kind of going a little bit. It's really up there in his personality, though. He might actually do that if he
1: ever found out people were using his stuff on streams. But. Well, He's maybe, just that kind of person.
0: But, you know, but I will tell you, though, it's uh, getting a little a bit of a meta conversation about the kind of the back end business that we've talked about here. I don't think I want to do any kind of sponsorships. You know, That's I, fine I, by I, me. I think I just want to, uh, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, disabling ads on any platform that'll let us disable them. And I, I'm kind of lumping sponsorship into that. I, I kind of want to do it the PBS route if we monetize ever at all. And I'm, I'm not so sure. Donations, Justin, man! All that, all that
2: Monster Energy drink money you could be making.
0: Monster <laughs> <enemy> Energy drink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I have another question for Kyle. No, um, okay, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> this kind of has to do with uh, a one shot I had pitched to Justin. Um, without giving too many details, um, Kyle, of these names, which character are you more most likely to play? Is it Blast Gun Bomb, Bolt, Vanderhuge? Butch, deadlift, Dirk, Peck, punch, speed, chunk, stump, hunkman, thick, McBighead, slap, hardbody, thunk, meat boot, or Jamathan Smith Bond.
2: <laughs> They're all so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, those are the names of the characters that for the one shot. I think
2: thick
0: McBighead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> you know, what, when, you it know is, when, is... when
0: that when that one shot happens, we have to get Daniel up here. Oh man, I hope he is oh, here. Lordy. I mean, those are Daniel names. <laughs> oh man,
1: I hope he's there. I, I hope he plays Bolt Vanderhuge because that character I just when I made, made that character, I was thinking Zap Branigan hmm. from from Futurama. Oh, that's, that's right. <laughs> so. <laughs> So that's that's my idea of that character. So, anyways, um,
2: that's all the questions I had. So, going back to some of the Jakir stuff we were talking about earlier. Mm. Um, so, Justin, we, me, and you have briefly spoken about it, but uh, uh is kind of more Aztecian and like Incan and kind of, I guess, Central America mm-hmm. in terms of style. Like, how has it been? Kind of like creating that, like. The culture, or like the, the the like the style around that, or the the people that live in it, and
0: fleshing that out. Well, for starters, if you ever think that doing something as techie or ancient is a good idea, you're right. It, it's great. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of lore. There's a lot of mythology there that's kind of neat to play with. Um, I was talking to Patrick about this, and apparently, in real life mythology, um, there is you, you. always hear about like the city of gold and the like the lost cities of El Dorado. There are apparently seven of them that are kind of interconnected in real-life mythology. And anytime I think of Aztec and Incan and lost cities and jungles, I go straight to Indiana Jones and those types of environments. So I've kind of wrapped all of that into Jakir. And then as far as the Aztecian and Incan stylings, I had a lot of fun. Um, Still having a lot of fun building out and planning like the ziggurats and the the stepped pyramids (laughs) rising up out of the jungles. Um, I've homebrewed a couple of races and creatures that exist in those environments that have been fun that I can't wait for you you all to run into. And we have some veteran players um, and I'm excited for them to encounter things they've never seen before. Uh, That's always a nice surprise for those players. Um, oh, um, if you ever research like military and leadership structure of ancient Az- Aztec and Incan, the t- it is amazing. But the entitled the titles and ranks and positions are impossible to pronounce. <laughs> so I've I, I don't I don't. Like, to the degree of like Patrick, who is very historically historically savvy and tends to be kind of my go to for just knowing random things, I brought him into the conversation. I was like, "How do you think you say this and help me help me edit this jakir document and get it looking a you know kind of the right kind of way and he he literally made a note on one of the titles that you know maybe we should just say in the Thandellan native tongue, this is said a different way. <laughs> Just because the language barrier is so intense. Because um, uh, it's like Kalohetu uh, for like the head chieftain. <laughs> um, and that's wrong. I butchered that pronunciation. And it's like 16 letters. Um, no, it's no, perfect. But no, Jakir has been really fun to build. Um, there's definitely a few... Storylines that could lead y'all to Jakir. Um, so I, I hope y'all get to go and check it out. And, you know, when we do, we well, will. Yep, for sure. definitely.
1: Yeah. I think it's definitely on the itinerary for <laughs> no Hephaestia and uh, Forain. I definitely know they want to
0: head that direction. Mm-hmm. And so does Denim. Denim does too.
1: That's yep, true. Right. Because the
0: volcano our, is. There. Our, our,
1: our tourist wants to go.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, We're she wants to see the volcano. We'll take a moment to go back home. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, absolutely, but no, Jakir's <clears throat> been fun. But Jakir's not the only place I'm excited about. Just to throw that out there, I, 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 there are a few places. So don't feel like you've got pressure from the DM to go a specific area. There, are, there are lots of fun things I've. I'm pretty stoked about. I'm stoked about Belgard. I'm gonna get arrested again. You are gonna get arrested again. You're I am so. Every getting getting city.
1: I'm gonna get arrested in every single city, <laughs> and I think the one in Belgard is gonna be the one I can't escape from. That's it's gonna be a challenge.
2: Anyways, uh, uh, yeah. I had actually done in um, kind of regards to like Jakir a little bit. I had done like a little sketch of like a abomination of a, of a Yantui abomination as like a guard. So I just want like the guards and Jakir to be
0: just like awful. <laughs> you, <laughs> like, is that posted somewhere? Because I've never seen it. Uh, did I not? I, I, I'll make sure it's posted. Yes, um, please. And we'll attach it this. to the
2: show notes as well. Uh because I just want it to be like where it's just really unwelcome, <laughs> like outsiders, or where you really gotta kind of have
0: um, some some gusto to go into Jakir. Well, uh, that 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 is definitely a concern. Um. So, what was it? Um.
2: Creed. Yes. You. Me. Uh. So originally, you were going to play. Core horror. Yes, and uh, then you know, switch characters to Tack, and Tack has been getting along swimmingly with mm-hmm. uh, the other party members. Um, so how how did you go about like deciding to not just to, to change a to play a different character that suits the rest of a party's play style and and their morality? in comparison to like what you were playing so you know when to switch up a character type to suit the rest of a party's um you know play style well it's
1: kind of a muscle you learn after playing a, several years of D&D and having multiple parties of completely different people um It's just, uh, you, you make a character, you get, you have a plan for him. You're like, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm interested when it comes to this character. And then when it meets the party, sometimes you're going, sometimes, you know, there's going to be some sort of, uh, altercation. There's going to be some butting heads of, you know, what, what to do next, um, with Korhor, you know, not just the, the alignment was different, um, because, I mean he like I said before we we started this uh, he was a character that could have a, gone well with the last group that I ran for the D, for the D&D game I ran for you cuz you guys were rather neutral and you know having a necromancer along uh, probably would have been a little weird but you would have gotten used to it but with this group here in Ask Askazir um here in Askazir you know, yeah you guys are trying to keep people alive trying to take captives um he he's a monster so he's harder to hide uh he he He's uh, lawful evil uh, essentially, and you know, and one thing I didn't—it's just something you realize. Like, look, I'm not interested in doing something radically different with this character that would go against, say, its race, because Knolls are supposed to be very evil according to D and D lore. And you eventually just say, oh, "Look, this is not going to work," um, because I'd rather have you know have a good time and you know be friendly on friendly terms with most everybody. As opposed to always butting heads over the same things uh, right. in every every town, every city, every 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 time we run into something. Like I, right. I can tell you right now, Corhor and Sandra, uh, no, yeah, Sandra Durand would not have gotten along. Sandra's trying to keep everyone alive. Corhor would be like, Let, "Let's eat them." So it's 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 something that you look back at your old D and D parties and go, eh, "I don't want to have that fight again." So I'm just going to change my character and. We're going
2: to And I think that's a uh, really um, important thing to be able to do is to know when to compromise and be like, okay, the character I want to play isn't suitable here. Mm hmm. And instead of asking everyone else to change up their characters to see what I want to play, it's a matter of going, OK, let me just change my character to something different or change to a different character. Right. That's to be something th- that's enjoyable to play for me, but still suits a role right. within this party. That's one thing this group
1: hasn't experienced from what I've seen. Um, we, we, we don't have that problem, but it's definitely happened in groups I've run before, been a player in before. Um and I, you know, I, I don't know. Even, even when players disagree on something, I think Justin, you had that happen in your last game before this one that you ran, where you had two players that didn't agree with another two players on just basic, easy, run of the mill, like where does loot go stuff, and it, it, it blew up. Right. It, it became a bigger issue than it should have been because um, players weren't really
0: to to, to, so, to a have degree, but to to a degree, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. We we settled it, okay. but it's uh. But yeah, those kind of things can happen, and when you've played long enough, and you can you can you can eyeball those those situations, um, or and, and be proactive about avoiding them as opposed to uh, to reactive waiting for them to happen. It's always better. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna say, you know, kind of a a funny bit of commentary uh, about the. What I, what I refer to, and I'm pretty sure I've heard you refer to a couple of times, Creed, as, you know, DM curse, which is, you know, we don't get to play anymore because we're stuck running games. Um, <laughs> yep. The idea for us of switching out of a character that we want to play because of reasons we can't is... Not that heartbreaking for us because the alternative is just not playing at all. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't I'll play this other character I, I wanted to play.
0: Core back on the shelf. I'll play him in a year when I get to play again. <laughs> <laughs> so you but know. But I'm, I'm
1: actually,
0: yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with Tack and <laughs> I,
1: I, I'm able to do things I haven't been able to do in D and D before. Like I, I've never been able to hide out in someone's backpack. Like that's just. That's just fun. (laughs) So,
0: All uh. right. Well, I think that's it for this episode of Dungeon Chat. We've covered all the big things as we get ready for uh, going into the holidays. Um, We don't have another episode of the main game this year. The next main game episode will be january 12th i believe yeah january 12th so please tune in but between now and then there are two different one shots we'll be doing as we kind of fill in the time and respect people's holiday schedules amongst our players uh they will still be on sunday so tune in next sunday for the first of those two um and we will see you all then thank you so much for listening and bye-bye